A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Today's guest on Talk of Champions is Zach Barry. He covers recruiting with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, OmeSpirit.com, and affiliate of On3.com because tomorrow is National Signing Day or the first day of the early signing period. Brad, what's up? What's up, Ben? It's been it's been a couple days. Yeah, well, maybe a week or so before, since we've been on here. It's your fault. We were supposed to do it late last week, and you just ghosted me. Uh, no, no, I don't remember that. Maybe I, maybe I may have missed that call on accident. Or on purpose, because Jeff Levy left, and that took you by surprise, <laughs> maybe? You know, I wasn't surprised. Um, we, we, we thought that he would leave at some point. Um, I just didn't think it would be for an OC job. That's the only thing that kind of got me. Um, but, you know, the more you dig into it um, – um, you have an O-lineman here, Phil, that's going to go with him um, that played at OU. Um, and and it's, it's where he where he went to school. So, I mean, it, it makes sense for him. Um, he gets full control of the offense. Um, it's kind of, you know, it, it sucks. But at the end of the day, you got to put yourself in his shoes. And, you know, if, if I'm at, you know, wherever Oklahoma State and Ole Miss calls, then I'm gone. You know what I mean? It's you just you have a special love for, your, for the school you went to, and um, you can't blame him for it. Now, he will coach Ole Miss in the offense in the Sugar Bowl against Baylor, and that comes up on New Year's Day. But the Sugar Bowl practices have started. You've done some bowl practices. What's happening right now? Well, you know, those first couple, you get a little time off after the Egg Bowl. Um, those first couple of practices are actually kind of hard because, um, you know, you kind of you kind of decompress there after the game. You had that long season, and, and you had a few days off. And then when you come back, it's like, oh, crap. Like, here we go. You know, it almost feels like you're starting a new training camp, but it is also, um, you know, really good work. It's almost like an extra spring practice. A lot of young guys can get in there and get some reps. You can do and try a whole lot of things. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's going to be super beneficial for our team. And it's um, it definitely does. That first week does kind of feel like a, a reset of camp or, or somewhere along the lines of that. Are you excited about the Sugar Bowl? Are you going down? Yeah, I'm going to be there. I, I'm extremely excited about it. I think it'll be a good, um, you know, a, a good matchup. I think that, um, you know, getting to see Matt Corral play, um, you know, and now he's going to be rested up. You know, I think as he, he was pretty healthy versus State, but 
you know, getting that ankle back to really 100%. I look for him to have a pretty, pretty massive game. Um, you, you, you look at the whole Heisman deal, you think he probably maybe got a little bit, um, you know, got, got the short end of that stick, but I think he's going to come out there and ball out and, and kind of, um, you know, put, put it out there for everywhere, everybody to see. Um, you probably should have been in New York, but had a few injuries, had, had a few different things dealing with, but, you know, I look for him to have a pretty, pretty, pretty massive game down there. What do you think about the matchup with Baylor? Um, I think if you look at him, one thing that pops out, I have been looking into him a little bit more is you're right. I think you said it on one of the pods earlier that they have some pretty good speed on defense, um, that, that they fly around on defense and then I mean, they have a defensive coach as well. So, um, their defense is probably a little bit better than most big 12 defenses that, that I feel like I, I've watched over the years. Um, it's going to be a good challenge for us. And, and then on the offense side of the ball, they, they don't light it up by any means, but, the, but they're certainly, uh, got enough to get it done. They have a pretty mobile quarterback. So um, I think he got hurt that last game, um, if I'm not mistaken, or, or maybe injured there at the end of the season as well. So I think he'll be getting back healthy, and it should be a, um, it should be a solid matchup. But, yeah, I think their defense sticks out the most. Well, I'm going on vacation starting Friday. Me and Zach Barry are going to come back with a Talk of Champions recruiting after signing day, so that will post on Thursday. This will be the only time we talk this week, and maybe for two weeks because next week is Christmas. So going into the Sugar Bowl, we'll talk the week of, but right now on December whatever it is, 14th, how you feeling as far as the score between Ole Miss and Baylor? You know, I, I said it earlier, I think we are the better team. I think we've we've probably played a better schedule. As a matter of fact, I know we played a better schedule. Um, I think that it, it, these bowl games get tricky, though, and anybody that's ever seen them, um, it, yeah, I've seen it go both ways. Um, you know, it's, it really all depends on which team shows up, you know, prepares, treats it a little more serious. Some teams go to have fun and, and um, you know, they prepare, but, but don't really prepare with a purpose. I think that this one's going to come down to, you know, what team prepares and, and, and kind of prepares to go win a game. And I think that that could be Ole Miss in this one. Not saying Baylor won't, though they'll definitely be ready to go. But, you know, I think Ole Miss has a lot to play for here. Um, you know, probably one of the best seasons in school history if we win this game. Um, you know, I, I just think that, um, yeah, a lot of it's going to come down to prep, man. So what needs to get done during bowl practices in the lead-up to the Sugar Bowl? Well, you know, I think the leaders uh, on the team need to step up and continue to do that. The Sam Williams, the Matt Corrals. The, um, the guys that, that are really playing for something here, um, you know, I, I think you you go into it and you, you, you set the tone right away. You let everybody know, hey, this is it's a bowl game. We're going to work like it's camp. Everybody's going to, you know, work to get better. No, no playing around, no, no unfocused crap. Um, you know, go into it, take it serious and, and um, you know, prepare like, like you get extra time, like, 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 it's a, like it's a training camp. And that the teams that do that lift a little extra you know, do some, you know, clean up your diet. You get a couple extra weeks to clean up the diet, have the diet right. Um, you know, do the little things to kind of get back into the swing of it. They usually show up and they're, they're, they're better than they were during the season. So you got some extra time to work on some little things. So, you know, I think if it, um, you know, it just depends on the leaders and, and, and them, them making sure that, that these practices are taken very serious. What do you most remember about bowl practices? Yeah. You know, it's, it, you're not in school. That's the cool part. So you kind of get, um, you know, it's usually a little different schedule. You don't have to worry about school and classes. So you get to just play football and, and live. I mean, it's almost like it's the closest to the NFL you're going to get um, while you're in college. So it was, it was always cool because it was holidays. Not a lot of people here. So it was really cool to, to spend a lot of time together as a team. And you had like this trip to look forward to. So, you know, so um, you get to go together. You get some some bowl gifts. Get together the week before. It's, it's just a cool experience. And um, 
to me, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I thought that the two cotton bowls we went to when I was here was was a lot of fun. And um, you know, that schedule leading up to it, it was you know all ball and just hanging out. You're you and the you and the guys were the only ones here on campus while everybody else is home for a break. Um, but it was cool. You got to bond and um, spend a little more time. You're rushing to classes and all that. And um, I thought I think that it's um, it's just a really cool time and it's experience that you know right now when you're in it, you may not really appreciate that much. But whenever you look back years. Years later, you can say, "Hey, man, I got to prepare for a Sugar Bowl. I played in the Sugar Bowl. I, I got to play in a bowl. Um, you know, that'll be cool for some of these guys." What do you think about how Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin have handled this with Jeff Lebby in Oklahoma? He's recruiting for Oklahoma as he should, leading up to National Signing Day on Wednesday, and then he comes back and helps prepare for the Sugar Bowl and then coaches in the Sugar Bowl. Do you like that? You know, I've never experienced that, and I do find it kind of odd. Um, you know, I, I just, it's just weird. You know, a man takes another job out recruiting for the school then comes back and coaches and i know that's that's what needs to happen i'm glad he is coaching um but to me i just feel like it'd be kind of odd you know you're out recruiting signing other kids for another school then you come back and it's like okay now i'm at old mess um you know coaching my team it just got i I would just wonder what the feeling or the dynamics going to be like there which i I think it'll be fine but but to me that is is a little odd i don't know that i don't know that maybe it's happened before i'm sure it's happened a lot but um, I don't know. Just I, I just find it. I I feel like in his shoes it would be kind of kind of odd or awkward. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, you know, for Matt's sake and for the offense's sake, I think if it was any other bowl game, he probably doesn't stay around and coach. But it's a you know, it's a Sugar Bowl, and you're kind of part of building this thing. And I think that is the correct thing to do. Um, but I, I do find I do I am interested to know how the dynamic is going and. And, you know, is it weird, you know, or, or is he going to be a little more vocal or is he going to be a little more brave and kind of say whatever he wants because he's he's gone now? I mean, I, I don't know. It's it, it would be an interesting dynamic. Um, but but I am glad he is coaching. And um, I, I think that's what's best for our team. What is Brad's opinion on what Ole Miss should be getting in his next offensive coordinator? Um, I just think a guy that that kind of sees eye to eye with Lane and, and is is used to his system. You know, and I really think that um, that's what that's what's most important. It always will be. I think that's what made um, Jeff and Lane so, um, you know, so, so compatible there. And while they while they did so well together, is that um, you know he Lebby and you know he was with Kendall Browse before. And, you know, Lebby's kind of similar to that. Um, you know, kind of the same coaching tree. And I think they they kind of meshed well. And it was um, you know not a big learning curve, but I think he was okay giving you know Lebby a lot of leeway there. So. I just think the next guy, you know, obviously we want Lane to be familiar with him and, um, you know, be, be similar to um, Lebby and, you know, in the fact that, you know, he's just a good team guy, good for the team. Um, you know, all the guys really respected him, great recruiter. Um, you know, really, really one of those guys who represent the school pretty well. So I think this next guy will have, um, you know, similar traits as that, or I hope he will. And um, I think it'll be somebody that, that Lane's pretty comfortable with. Do you think that the offensive coordinator instability thereof is playing into national signing day transfer portal recruiting anything like that right now? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I do think we probably would have would have gotten. I don't know. Maybe we do get Dylan Gabriel still. I think Gabriel would have been a lock here. Maybe there's a few guys, but um, you know, at the end of the day, Lane's still the head coach, and I think that um, you know, it, having Levy here may have, may have gotten us an extra player or two, but I think we'll, we'll still get who we need to get, um, you know, with it just being lame as well. Now, if we lost our head coach, obviously that'd be a disaster. But, you know, I think the coordinator is, um, you know, n- not every guy is being recruited by him. So I think there are a few guys you may miss out on. But 
at the end of the day, Lane's still here and there's still a great opportunity to play quarterback at Ole Miss, um, which is an up and coming school. And you have a pretty much a fast track to, to do a competition to be the starter. So um, I've stated this before. I think it's one of the best opportunities in the SEC right now um, you know, to, to play four lane in this kind of offense. So I still think we're an attractive spot. Um, I'll just be i be interested to see where, where we go and um, you know, who we get there. Are you surprised they haven't committed anybody out of the portal yet? Not yet. Not yet. I, I, I will. Be, I will be. I'm getting a little bit antsy, just like everybody else. Um, but I think there's a lot of names being thrown around. A lot of people that are missing that, um, you know, I think it I think getting close. So um, I would like a few of these names to start dropping. But um, I, you know, I think what Lane said earlier was pretty interesting and it was kind of alarming, um, especially whenever he was saying, you know, without saying, you know, the, 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 the highest bidders winning these guys, which is which can be kind of scary. Um, I don't know if this is, is going to be a common trend or what, but, um, you know, there are, um, you know, the whole NIL deal thing being thrown in there now is is a true college free agency, and, and you really don't get to lock these guys in under a contract. So that's what's um, – it's like free agency that, that, that like, never experienced before. So, um, yeah, I think that'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But, but I think we're getting close. I think we will nail some names here pretty shortly. Like Ole Miss, for example, could get Dylan Gabriel to sign some financial aid papers, whatever it is. But it's not a binding NIL that ties the player to a particular school, but it does tie the school to the player. Yep. So if you're Ole Miss and you come to an agreement with a Dylan Gabriel, whoever it might be, Deion Smith, just pick your portal guy that you love. Ole Miss has to honor that scholarship whether he shows up or not. The yep. kid does not have to show up, though. So the whole dynamic right now with this transfer portal with NIL it's a mess, and they have to restructure it. They have to create a particular window, be it right after the oh. season is over, maybe in the summer. I don't know. But there has to be a way to structure this better because it is free agency. And Ole Miss, and we've talked about this countless times on this podcast already, Ole Miss is behind in NIL. They're playing catch-up, and they're doing some good things with particular players, but from an overall structure standpoint, it's not there. Terrence Cooks visited Ole Miss. Very first visit. Loved it. Everything seemed to be in line for Terrence Cooks. And then it goes quiet, and he ends up committing to TCU. When I talked to him, TCU wasn't even in the conversation. I'm not saying TCU paid him the most of any other school. You can't really get a great gauge on the portal if you're a media person, fan, player. The NIL stuff completely has thrown a wrench into everything. Spencer Radler to South Carolina had a note. Well, there were some connections there with Beamer. But still, everything I was told from the Ole Miss side of things was they thought the reason why he didn't come in this weekend, as he was expected to, because he talked about coming in, it was still to be determined, and then he let them know on Saturday night he wasn't coming in. The thought for them was he was just waiting for some resolution with Chip Kelly at UCLA. For it to end up at South Carolina, even though there were a lot of rumblings and connections made to South Carolina, still the thought was Arizona State, UCLA, and it ended up being the place where everyone initially thought – he would end up landing that South Carolina because of the connection to Beamer. But Ole Miss thought they were competing with UCLA. And now you kind of wanted Rattler because he wasn't coming to Ole Miss to go to UCLA because that would just essentially bust the door wide open for Dylan Gabriel because Dylan Gabriel in UCLA is something that could happen. It feels like Ole yeah. Miss and UCLA are really battling. And TCU's also talking to Dylan Gabriel. And TCU's talking to Zach Evans trying to get him to come back. And it's just there's no way to really get a good hold on what's going on in the portal and the prospects your team is after. And here's the thing, even if Spencer Rattler comes out like he did on Tuesday night with his commitment graphic saying, I'm going to South Carolina, he doesn't have to. 
those commitments are nice and getting them out in public are nice, but they're not binding. Nothing is officially official. Nothing is over until that kid enrolls at his next school in January. So it's just this weird limbo that everybody's in. And it is true college football free agency because when they're coming on their visits, they're talking about, well, I can make this much money here. What can I make here? We're doing this all out in the open now. We're talking about all this stuff that we used to not talk about out in the open, out in the open now. Yeah, it's almost like I wish they would have sat down and thought all this out before just making the Wild West. Um, You know, to me, it's just so all over the place, man. I mean, it's, um, you know, I get it. Players want to make money, do all this. And that is great that they should. But there's just kind of no no rules. It's kind of like they're kind of just doing everything by the by the by the wayside. You know, everything's just kind of on the fly. You almost wish this was thought out a little bit more, um, and and it would give some teams some time to kind of kind of prepare. Because right now, the teams with the most money are the ones that are winning out. I mean, it's 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 not a t- particularly a fair game right now, um, and I think you're seeing it hurt Ole Miss just a little bit here. If you're Ole Miss, you need to get some resolution at particular spots just to kind of get some understanding of the spots you have to clear from your current roster because you're hard capped. And that's hard to do when these kids don't have to commit to you. And everybody agrees that player movement and freedom of movement is inherently good. But it's just the NCAA doing what the NCAA does, and that's not be proactive but reactive and do things and then have to clean up their own messes over and over and over again. And it is a mess right now. And I think a lot of Ole Miss fans are focused on Wednesday, and they should be. It's it's always the exciting time. 90% of kids – now signing the early signing period. So it is the exciting time in recruiting. But Ole Miss, from a high school player's perspective, isn't signing all that many kids. They're going to sign like 14 kids. I don't anticipate many surprises. And me and Zach Barry are going to talk about all this here in a second on the Modern Woman phone line. But when you look at Ole Miss, this year it was intentional to go portal heavy. And that's why there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of what you said, what you're talking about, you're dealing with right now, a little bit of uh, nervousness, nervous energy about what Ole Miss is going to get done because they are so portal reliant this year because of their numbers crunch. Yeah, I think, well, you know, I think when you mentioned the freedom of moving, I think that's that's all fine and dandy until money is involved. Now that now that a school is having to pay money and people are paying money for these kids and follow the money up, I think there, you know, there's got to be some kind of way to work it out where the key, where the the players locked in as well, you know, and, and it's just the only fair way to say it. And I say it from a player side, but that's when when things get real in the NFL. You know, when you get there, it's no different. You know, yeah, you're going to make some money, but you're going to also have to commit yourself and your time as well. So I think that's where they're going to have to draw a line. That's where they're going to have to really, um, you know, kind of dig in there and try to figure out what the happy medium is. Because, I mean, if you look at the kid from Ohio State, now this may be a rumor, I don't know. I didn't really look into it too big, but apparently he made like over a million bucks and he was there for like four months. Um, you know, to me, that's that's just craziness. But, um, you know, the, I guess his name of the Ewers kid or whatever, they just went to Texas. But apparently got a huge deal, was there four months and out of there, you know, got a new new truck and, and made a million bucks and never touched the field. And, you know, it was kind of out of there. To me, that's, um, you know, I just think that's that's – you know, one of those things that, that needs to be watched closely here and um, kind of regulated going forward. That's also the free market, but that's another conversation for another day. What are you going to be watching for on National Signing Day for Ole Miss? Well, I think that um, you know, to 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 me, the most important thing is the quarterback. You know, I think I think we got a lot of guys that are, you know, we got we got young receivers coming up. We got a portal guy potentially coming in there, um, a couple portal guys, um, but but all. I just think that, that the quarterback position is is what everybody's gonna be watching, um, you know, going forward. I know we're gonna sign some high school guys, you know, that, that'll be great. 
Um, but, but I really, we really got to address, address that quarterback position. I know we got Luke Altmaier, but I just think there needs to be a veteran guy or some kind of competition at it. Um, and I think really it all starts there that you can kind of start piecing your roster around that. Well, the quarterback stuff won't be resolved on Wednesday. And right now there are no high school prospects on the board, left on the board. The quarterback thing might not be settled until late January. And I know Ole Miss fans don't want to hear that. And uh, I think that's really where you need to keep your attention. What does Ole Miss do in the portal? And it would be nice to see a couple guys pop up and or just pop in Ole Miss's favor sooner rather than later. Just get one on the board. Because Terrence Cooks and Spencer Rattler, while Spencer Rattler not showing up was a telltale sign that he was not coming to Ole Miss over the weekend, Terrence Cooks, I think Ole Miss felt like it was going to ultimately get. And the more you get these kids on campus and they don't commit to you, the more it becomes, like we've talked about already, nervous energy and waiting for something to anxiously happen. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Going to go now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Zach Barry about all things Ole Miss football recruiting. His national signing day is on Wednesday. If you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I can be found at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com. So can Brad. So can Zach omspirit.com and affiliateofone3.com and right now if you sign up you can do a seven day free trial and cancel any time so give us a shot thank you buddy appreciate it see you man howdy toddy gonna go now to the modern woman phone line and speak to zach barry but before we do let's hear from bna bank and thomas chandler of modern woodman two proud sponsors of talk of champions BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter going now to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to Zach Barry. He covers recruiting with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliateofon3.com. Hey, buddy, what's up? Yo, how's Monday how you, treating you so far? Good. How you feeling with a couple of days left until National Signing Day? Uh, well, you know, the combination of news and the transfer portal and calling people, talking to different sources, uh, 
throughout the country uh, pairs nicely with uh, limited sleep. Um, other than that, doing great. So what's the gut feeling about what Ole Miss is going to get done on Wednesday? Uh, the gut feeling is that they have done a nice job with their uh, priority targets. Um, the names that come to mind there, Tyler Banks, Jaron Willis, Quinshawn Judkins, Davison Igbenosin. Uh, those are the, uh, I would say those four come to mind as names that they circled very early in the process and either got their commitment early and held on or have done a nice job down the stretch uh, pursuing them. And uh, I expect Ole Miss to sign all four of them on Wednesday. There's obviously some some other battles, some some flip targets that I'm sure we'll get into here in a moment. But that's the theme for me going into Wednesday is the prioritization of a number of instant impact targets that this staff believes in. And I think they're going to um, see that come to fruition on Wednesday. All right. Give me some surprises, potential surprises on Wednesday. I feel like we kind of know what's going to happen. But if there are mm. surprises, what could those surprises be? You know, I don't really know if there is a surprise. Um, I kind of think everything's out in the open right now. Um, I guess one surprise that is obvious is if Jaheim Otis were to pick Ole Miss. I think that Ole Miss is still battling. Um, they're, <laughs> they're not letting go of the uh, proverbial rope, I should say, Ben. But uh, Otis did show up late Saturday evening in Tuscaloosa. He was only there for... I'm terrible at doing quick math, but, um, you know, less than 24 hours. Uh, he wasn't there for a full weekend, but um, all sources around the Alabama program and those inside Mississippi still contend that he is solid with them. But I, I don't know if you'll echo this, but I had heard a lot of confidence from the Ole Miss staff going into the weekend after uh, he was able to come in for a visit. And, you know, they were building off of that, visit for the game uh or I should say a game visit weekend um when he came in for Vanderbilt with his entire family uh they were really coming on strong I think Alabama was feeling the heat um so that would probably be my only surprise if you had to pin me down to ask for another one I would say possibly Derek Moore but he appears to be headed to Michigan after visiting them last before the dead period um he did come in for a midweek visit there's some uh, Northeast ties there with Chris Partridge, Marquise Watson. And then, of course, he uh, prepped at St. Francis Academy where former Ole Miss Rebel Wayne Dorsey is on staff there. But that would be a shocker to me. He seems destined to uh, head up to Ann Arbor. Over 92% projection percentage on the RPM machine on all three is uh, Derek Moore to Michigan. So I think I agree with you there. Yeah. Ole Miss feels like it's definitely still in the game for Jaheim Otis. But like you said – him going to Alabama this weekend, having been committed to Alabama since April, feels like he's going to stick with Alabama, though that would be a surprise and almost still feels like it's got a real chance there. I don't know if I buy that all that much. I do feel like if he doesn't go to Alabama, which is where I think he's going to go, he would sign with Ole Miss. I don't think Mississippi State's really in there anymore. No, I don't think so either. I think they've been out of it for probably a week and a half, two weeks at this point. Um, and I know it's not going to suffice with the fan base. Uh, and with folks that follow recruiting. But at the end of the day, man, this the Ole Miss staff did just about everything they could. Um, it's hard to flip somebody from Alabama. It is. And with what they do on the field, how they prepare guys for the NFL, and uh, Nick Saban being the head coach over there, it's tough. But uh, at this point, I think he signs to Alabama, but it was a valiant effort. I think that just shows 
the cachet that Randall Joyner has as a defensive line coach and his recruiting chops. And then Marquise Watson as well. Once Levy took the job at Oklahoma, he was able to get out on the, on the recruiting trail and um, start to flex his muscle as a personable guy that, that prospects really like. Um, yeah. I think they're going to come up just short again. It's, it's not a win. Um, there is no, there is no consolation prize or there is no participation trophy in recruiting. Um, Ole Miss fans don't want to hear it, but I, I think that they did just about everything they could. Um, it really wasn't um, a matter of them, you know, waiting too long or slow playing or anything like that at all. Um, it's just, it, it's Alabama. It's just tough to beat um, inside the SEC West when Nick Saban really wants someone. It's uh, it's pretty much, you know, can be borderline impossible. It's been done before, but uh, this one in particular, uh, they really like Otis and his skill set. And uh, th- there were some rumors floating around a couple months ago that they were wanting him to either play offensive line or they were slow playing him and might let him go. No, like that no, never no. happened. No, no. Nick, Nick Saban wants him in this class. So, uh, so yeah, for Ole Miss fans, it's a bummer because he's a, he's a hell of an athlete. He's gonna, he's gonna need to lose some weight, but look, the, the athleticism and the length and just the interior skill set that he has will absolutely play. Um, it's going to be a loaded room in Tuscaloosa, but he might see the field as a, as a true freshman because he is that talented despite being so big. Um, but yeah, it's going to be as of right now, 1:50 PM central standard time. Um, he, uh, he is headed for Tuscaloosa in my opinion. What do you say to the Ole Miss fan who looks at where Ole Miss stands right now in team rankings? I think 12th out of 14 teams in the sec and assuming that they don't move all that much off of that. Is it legitimate to be critical of that? Or does the portal factor in? What is your response to the Ole Miss fan who would say this isn't how it's supposed to be, especially coming off a 10-2 and and a Sugar Bowl appearance? It's hard not to criticize it. I know people pay a ton of attention to rankings, where they fall, I believe, um, without pulling it up right here. I believe they're 29th overall. Um, I'd have to go and and – toggle the rankings to see where they are an average star rating. That's something that I usually point to look at the average star rating. Um, they don't have a ton of commitments, um, but just look at the, you know, quality over quantity there. But again, I think that the theme of this early signing period is the priority targets. And I think that that's what you need to look at and take solace in as a fan is the ones that they truly wanted. And now they missed because you miss it. Everybody misses you're not batting a thousand and recruiting. I mean, it's, it's similar to, you know, the old adage in baseball where, you know, if you can, you know, get a hit three out of 10 times, you know, hit 300, you know, that's pretty damn good in baseball. Um, I think at that place here, I don't think that there's any way around it that they missed on a few. Um, Travion Williams comes to mind. They uh, were the leader early on in the spring for him, committed to Florida state, decommitted Mississippi state really dug their heels in there. Jaheim Otis, we already talked about him. That's a big one. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, there's going to be misses, but again, I, I circle back to the, the priority targets, the Davison Igbenosans. They, they think he's the best player in New Jersey and I think they're going to sign him. And that's what they set out to do. Jaron Willis committed to Georgia tech very early. They stayed on him. Chris Partridge has a ton of connections in Georgia and at Lee County high school specifically. Um, they never, wavered there they stayed after him and I think that that's something that um 
that you should look at as a win for this staff. They're being very, very selective with what they do. We talk about that all the time, Ben. They're being thorough. They are not trying to sign 26, 27. Dude, the landscape of recruiting has changed. You need these instant impact guys to come in and play immediately. And you mentioned the 10 and two year and a sugar bowl birth. They want to hit in the portal on some big names because they want a guy, they want guys to come in and play immediately and to keep the momentum going. They, they want to keep at it, you know, try to follow up this potential 11 and two season with a, with an eight and four or a nine and three to show there's some staying power for the staff and, and for Ole Miss to be in the national picture. So that's what the, that's been the strategy. It, it didn't become the strategy when they, started to lose, you know, ground on Otis or Williams or, um, you know, whoever's out there. This is, as far as I'm concerned, and I think you'll agree with me here, this has been the plan from Jump Street. So that's uh, that's my opinion on it. And I think that if you're looking for a positive, don't focus on losing Jaheim Otis, Travion Williams, or, or anyone else out there, um, you know, a Devin Brown or a Nick Evers, whatever. Um, Focus on priority targets because I think the four that I mentioned there, you just mentioned them as well. Those are guys that that I think have a shot to be instant impact, even though they're not transfer portal guys. So um, that's what what I would say if you're trying to <laughs> trying to talk a fan off the ledge after signing day and looking at team rankings or conference rankings. I, I would just tell them to to look at average star rating and and who they prioritized and who they got of their classes. Only, I think, four contributed in year one out of high school. I mean, this year alone, their mm-hmm. real impact was in the portal. So high school players, you could have a criticism of that. Where are the high school players that you were so high on, like Tywon Malone or Talik Robbins, you name it? Yeah, Tysheem Johnson was an All-American, and that's great, but that's one. Where was Markevious Brown? Where was MJ Daniels? So if you want to have a criticism of high school development or high school talent impacting immediately. I get that, but they were always going to focus on the portal for this class in particular. And if you come out of it with a Dylan Gabriel, Deion Smith and Zach Evans looking at the schedule next year, sets you up potentially to keep this train rolling. They had the luxury of some transfer portal guys this season to give some of their high school guys some time to, to get adjusted. I mean, uh, he was coming off an injury, so I don't think they were really going to push him anyways. But a guy like Taiwan Malone, um, if they didn't have, you know, somebody like Isaiah Iton or, or um, you know, Gordon playing on the interior, uh, Katie Hill, he's not a transfer portal guy, but he played at a high level. So they really weren't thrust into having to play Malone immediately because of the two junior college guys, Jamon Gordon and Isaiah Iton. Um and then someone like a, a guy that signed uh, in last year's cycle, Talik Robbins, uh, another very talented dude that they fought off Texas A&M to sign. Um, he didn't have to play because they were able to get a ton out of current players on the roster and from a couple of transfer portal guys. You look at, um, you know, a guy like Jake Springer that played a ton. Um, Tysheem Johnson is is uber talented and, and still pushed to get on the field. Um, but with how Springer played, um, I think that they, you know, they have that luxury if they can bring someone else in, you know, somebody like Ladarius Tennyson that um, Ole Miss is looking at in the portal. He could come in and play right away and, and give them some time to let these high school players come in and get acclimated. It, it's hard. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what I, people argue all the time, what positions these just transition to. Um, 
it, everything is hard to transition to when you're going from high school to power five football, especially the SEC West. Uh, so anytime you can have extra reps, extra, you know, whether it's a red shirt or just playing a couple games, getting up to speed, that's going to help you in sustaining quality depth and not pushing dudes in too early when they're not ready. I mean, a guy like Brandon Mack, who unfortunately got hurt um, before the season started, or I guess early in the season, I can't remember when he got hurt, but um, you know, he was a guy that, that bought his time and, and 2021 was going to be his year to step in and play right away um, at that same position. Demon Clowney, a dude they signed a couple of years ago that I think that they're kind of ready for him to take that next step and to be a contributor with Sam Williams leaving. He had that year to get in a weight room, get conditioned, eat right, take care of his body, get in the film room, all that stuff. I mean, that's, that's another added advantage of if you can really hit the transfer portal hard and um, knock it out of the park in some positions because it, it, it affords you the ability to not rush high school players in right away. I will say I am kind of surprised there hasn't been a portal commitment or two yet. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's the whole subconscious like instant gratification thing with the world we're in with Twitter and social media in general where it's, you know, it's like the, the big JG Wentworth energy. It, it's, it's my commitment and I need it now. You know, everybody wants it. You know, they want it. You know, I, I need to see it on Twitter. I need to see somebody retweet it. I need to um, I need to read that story about who committed and, you know, when they're enrolling, when they're moving to Oxford. And, you know, you, you, you mentioned the portal candidates. I mean, we've talked about it before. They have all the time in the world to make a decision because they basically just have to make a decision and enroll. That's it. But, you know, they can take as long as they want. Now, it could be to their detriment because they're not on campus as early as the others and they might be behind in the film room and, and getting reps. But, you know, you look last year or I guess earlier this summer, uh, you know, somebody like Orlando Omana didn't announce where he was going until July. And then he came in and was a pretty, <laughs> made a pretty heavy impact on the offensive line. And he was a, a, a key to Ole Miss's success this year with all the injuries because he's experienced and he was flexible and could move around. But, yeah, I, I don't know. It's probably a lot of factors where guys are waiting to see who offers. They're probably waiting to see who people sign on Wednesday to see what spots are potentially open at places. Um, and then, look, if you if you want to think outside the box here and just kind of think at a, you know, top layer, uh, you know, it's, it's the holiday season. People are at home, spending time with family, getting ready for, for the holidays. So maybe they're just taking a step back from their recruitment and waiting until January. But um, yeah, I, I would say I'm a little shocked, but you know, there's certain positions that I think the staff is trying to see who's available. I mean, we were talking about this earlier today, Ben, but last night I'm up sitting around, hanging out, watching TV. And then you get, you know, Bo Nix hops in the portal and then 10 minutes later, Tank Bigsby gets in the portal. So I think Ole Miss is going to certainly call both of those guys. Um, so it, the landscape is is constantly changing, literally and figuratively. We'll get right back to Zach Barry, Ole Miss Spirit recruiting analyst in this edition of Talk of Champions, after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Chinese Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. Well, when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted, well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. 
from new and used sales to parts and service. Allen Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Allen Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vault Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself. To have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Chaney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Chaney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So what do you think about Bo Nix, that possibility? I don't know how you wouldn't, how you wouldn't like him in your quarterback room. He's a three-year starter at Auburn. Um, won a lot of big games in the SEC West. Um, bit of an up-and-down career, but I think a lot of that had to do with, you know, change in scheme, change in leadership. You know, they had a coaching change. Malzahn left, went to UCF. Brian Harson comes in. Different philosophy, different style. Um, but honestly, you know, before he hurt the ankle against Mississippi State, I mean, he was playing as well as anybody in the country. Um, you know, he had basically like a Johnny Manziel performance down in Baton Rouge. And, you know, Auburn exercises those demons. I think it was their first win down there since maybe 99. Maybe I'm remembering that correctly. But, um, no, I mean, I think if you're Ole Miss and, and Bo Nix gives you a call and says, hey, I want to come play for Lane Kiffin, I don't see how you say no. Um, I still think Dylan Gabriel is the number one guy right now at quarterback in the portal. Um, but if Dylan Gabriel is wanting to hang around and, and wait and, and see what Chip Kelly and UCLA want to do. And like I said, if Bo Nix gives you a call the day after, you know, 
Christmas or New Year's Day and is like, hey, um, I want to come play or I want to come take a visit, you absolutely take him up on that and listen. And um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think his skill set and what he can do uh, is, is, a, is a nice fit for Lane Kiffin. Uh, we obviously don't know who he's going to hire as his OC, but Kiffin prefers to have guys that are mobile, can move around in and out of the pocket, can throw on the run. Um, Bo Nix is someone that can do that. And I think that what he did um, during his time at Auburn is something that I think that you would certainly listen to. I mean, he threw for about 7,000 yards, 39 touchdowns, um, quarterback rating average around 125, 126, completed um, you know, around 60% of his passes, you know, not super great. But um, I mean, you also got to factor in, you know, people all the time talking and recruiting will say, well, you know, if Lane Kiffin wants them or if X coach wants them, then, you know, I'll trust them. So if, if Lane Kiffin wants to take a shot on Bo Nix and bring him in, you have to think he feels pretty confident what he can do with him and, and his skill set and what he brings to the table. Who's the most realistic target after Dylan Gabriel, do you think, as far as the transfer quarterback possibilities? Because Nick Evers committed to Oklahoma. Walker Howard mm -hmm. committed to LSU, shockingly. So after Gabriel, who is it? Uh, I, I mean, I think it's got to be Nix. Um you know, you and I talked this morning, depending on what direction they go with the OC, I, I don't know how long he's going to want to wait um, in terms of finding an OC and then also in terms of finding a quarterback. But if they go the direction of Graham Harrell, um, I, you could see Keaton Slovis coming in the, in the mix. Um, he entered the portal today. Um, Monday, as we're recording this, he entered the portal. Um, that's another guy that uh, was pretty – pretty damn good in his time in, in Los Angeles. He bit of an up and down career after his freshman season. Um, but he threw for almost 8,000 yards in three years, 58 touchdowns, um, QB rating around 150, completion percentage around 65%. Um, had an injury this year, lost the starting job to Jackson Dart. But um, I mean, a guy that's got a ton of arm talent. He's not as mobile as Bo Nix or some of the other guys that they're looking at. But um He's certainly someone that you're not going to scoff at if he wants to come take a visit or wants to come play for you. So as far as the pecking order for quarterbacks, if you want me to kind of go through that, I mean, I, again, I think Gabriel's number one. I think now that Nick's is available, I think he's right there too. I, the Cameron Ward thing is, is, is incredibly intriguing to me. Um, I put my breakdown out today on him. He uh, is a dude that, basically just lit the FCS on fire. Um, had a really good spring season. FCS played in the spring due to COVID. And then this fall um, was the Southland Conference Player of the Year. Um, and it's the same conference that number one overall seed Sam Houston State's in. So that's pretty loud in terms of how good he is compared to the quarterback over for the Bearcats. But um, the three years of eligibility remaining. Yeah. And, and I put it in my breakdown. And I think this is a dude that's just kind of scratching the surface. He played – you know, wing T offense, run heavy, he didn't throw a ton in high school. And uh, nobody really, I think his only offer was was Texas State outside of Incarnate Word. Um, A&M, Texas kind of gave him some interest, but they weren't really sold on him as a passer. And then uh, Eric Morris, who left to be the OC at Washington State, uh, was the only head coach that really believed in him. And, you know, he's got a bit of a, you know, some mechanics are kind of funky, but um, I, the dude slings it. He can absolutely spin it and threw for, 
almost 4,700 yards and 47 touchdowns uh, this year. Um, they, they lost a wild second round game to that number one seed, Sam Houston state. But um, you, you reported on it when you spoke with him after his official visit, um, Lane Kiffin called him, you know, damn near immediately when he got the portal. So he's an interesting wild card to be thrown in there um, with a guy that, you know, is basically one year into being in an actual quarterback setting where he's throwing the football. Um, doesn't run it a ton at UIW. I don't think they asked him to run a lot, but he's certainly capable of moving, but he's a, he's a big body, 6'3", 225, 230, um, ton, a ton of arm talent. Uh, so he's an interesting one. I think he's certainly a guy to keep an eye on. Um, and then I probably put Slovis right after him just because of the skill set not really matching up or marriaging well with what Kiffin typically likes to do. And then after that, you've kind of got the the portal options of guys that are are talented. They were recruited by Ole Miss before, but they just don't have a ton of game reps. Um, somebody like Jack Miller that was at Ohio State, um, he's still in the mix. I think he's farther down the list. Um, but yeah, that's probably where I'm at right now, quarterback-wise. Probably looking at Gabriel first and foremost, and then after that, Bo Nix, and then the rest of the group. Where do things stand with Percy Lewis? Man, that, interesting. Uh, I don't know about you. I expected him to commit over the weekend um, when he I was. I wouldn't go that far, but I did think that Mississippi State would was about to oh. re-seize control there. Yeah, and I guess I should have phrased it better. Commitment, not necessarily a public commitment. Um, I still think he's a he's a MSU lean. I don't really feel like that they got a huge boost of confidence after his visit, um, whether it's a you know private commitment or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Ole Miss has really given him a lot to think about. And I think that that's a real toss up right now. Um, we still got a couple of days until Wednesday. So as you know, and as everyone else knows, things will continue to move constantly, but yeah, I, that, that's kind of what I was getting at was I kind of expected it to kind of be locked up and for state to feel pretty solid about where they stand with him. But um, I do think Jake Thornton and the Ole Miss staff have done a nice job really combating, you know, the, the in-state battle there and, and really making a tough decision on Wednesday for him. I would not be surprised if a player or two that we have not even talked about signed with Ole Miss on Wednesday. That's just how the staff operates, but I wasn't given any names. So let's go over the guys we do know, committed yeah. or not, just quick hitter, what you think? Quinshawn Jenkins. Ole Miss. Trevante Citizen. LSU, I guess. I don't think it's Ole Miss. Larry Simmons. Ole Miss. Jeremiah Dillon. Ole Miss. Matthew McCoy. Mm. Miami, I guess. I don't know. It's not Ole Miss. Signing in February. I do think it'll be Ole Miss in February. Okay. Percy Lewis. Mississippi State. Cam East. Ole Miss. Valentha Carswell. Mm. Probably sticking with Miami. Unless he's – is he waiting for February? I don't know on him. Because, man, you're, you're putting my feet to the fire there if they're waiting until February. Yeah. Because um, everything can change by then. Carter Edwards. Colorado. Kyron Heath. Ole Miss. Xavier Harris. Ole Miss. J. 
Jaheim Otis. Alabama. Christopher Ross. Uh, Texas. Jacarius Clayton. Ole Miss. Derek Moore. Michigan. Travion Williams. Mississippi State. Vincent Anthony. Duke. Reggie Hughes. Well, he's a Juco guy, but Ole Miss. Jaron Willis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ole Miss. Tyler Banks. Ole Miss. J.D. Stewart. Ole Miss. We hadn't, we hadn't touched on him. Walk on. Walk on. Mm-hmm. But a hell, of a hell of a high school player, though. Nick Cole. Ole Miss. Jarrell Stinson. Ole Miss. Jordan Allen. LSU. Davison Igbenosen. Ole Miss. Taylor Groves. Ole Miss. Jalen White. Ole Miss. Did I leave anybody out? I uh, believe we didn't say Preston Cushman. He'll sign with Ole Miss. Yes. Um, as far as the only one signing in February, Timmy Gagafine. Um, I posted that in the uh, dailies that he is signing in February, but he told me he is all Ole Miss. Uh, I don't think there's anything to worry about there. Bryce um, and Hurst, same thing. Yeah, I, I still – I'm not sure. I reached out to him to ask, and he hasn't gotten back to me yet. Bryson usually is pretty good about corresponding. Um, but this is to be expected in crunch time, the week of early signing period or the week of signing day. These prospects kind of shut it all down. But, yeah, I'm not sure if he meant to say December 15th because February 15th is not really – it's not signing day. Um, so I'm not sure. I tried to clarify to make sure it wasn't a – a slip up and he meant to say December, but um, I, I still think Ole Miss signs him um, d- before we really know why he's waiting until February. I can't really comment any further, but um, no, I think he signs with Ole Miss as of today. He's Zach Barry at Zach underscore Barry on Twitter. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit covering recruiting, omspirit.com and affiliate of on3.com. If you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions and iTunes, and when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Thanks for doing this, man. A couple of days of National Signing Day. It'll be over soon. Oh, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, it always is. Uh, we'll do it again later this week, I presume, to recap everything. Um, just, to, just to spice things up at the end here, if you want a shocker, just because I can't think of one, and, and just because recruiting never makes sense, you know, Travion Williams just shocking everyone and picking Ole Miss or LSU or, or something would just be par for the course there. But, yeah, I it, it – it's always fun. Like you said, there's always going to be a surprise that no one has ever talked about that'll happen. Um, but yeah, we'll do it again later this week. Still hadn't learned to just say bye. Bye, Zach. Bye, Ben. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.